after a strong week pounding Providence at home and beating Arkansas in Tulsa. So he's got him on the way up. C.J. Moore in his top 25, C.J. Moore's top 25 from Monday, December 11th, has Oklahoma up to number 11. So I assume that's what you saw because I don't – I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Searching for the college football polls is the easiest thing on the planet, and the rankings on ESPN.com is the easiest thing on the planet. Trying to find anything on the college basketball polls is like the uh, solving level six in Super Mario Brothers to get to the lizard at the end. It's not easy. you got to go a certain way through the castle. I see the CBS put OU at 11. I just haven't seen ESPN update the AP poll. So that means for, for now... There is Oklahoma at number nine, according to Andy Katz, who I I believe is with the NCAA. Um, C.J. Moore, the athletic, has them at number nine. And who'd you just mention? CBS. CBS. All right. Are you want to uh, you want to do some top five stories of the day here? Let's do it. Uh, one o'clock today for the AP poll. Thank you very much, nine one eight. I'm not a big need to know where guys are in the poll this early in the season. So I just I'm I'm trying to be everything to everyone, okay? And we're failing today. So let's see the top five stories today, shall we? It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, online at newcastlecasino.com. 14 table games, daily happy hours. You know me, I love their OTB. Become a new member at Newcastle and earn up to $250 in bonus play at newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. You're right. I'm sorry, monster truck guy. His name is Bowser, and his feelings matter. Doesn't like being called a lizard. That's right. We were watching, they've put the Mario Brothers movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie on, I think it's Prime. It's either Prime or, or, or Netflix. And I was watching it the other day. A tip of the cap to the nostalgia in that movie. I mean, it's it's made for kids, right? But all the little things about the music and when they go down, we played when my my daughter turned 15 this year, and they had the the DS came out when Sarah was pregnant with Emma. But we we played some Mario Brothers on that Nintendo DS. We need another mobile gaming thing to come out, right? Aren't we due for that? You had the PlayStation, you had the little, or not the PlayStation. Nintendo um, Switch, isn't that kind of new? I guess the Switch would be it, right? I need something smaller. That's too big. Smaller, bigger screen, so that way I don't have to wear my reading glasses when I do it. All right, did I say big story number five already? I you did. did. I? All right, so big story number five. Let's just, let's go through. This was not part of the top five stories today. Let's go through the last 30 minutes of this here very radio program so you can understand why it's as scattered and eclectic as it truly is, all right? We had recapped the trip to Army, Navy, which was in Boston this year. Army won the game. Army won the football game on a on a wild play at the end of the game on a goal line stand. Stop the tush push. Stop the tush push. I still never saw a good angle. Did he? Did they get the call right? I think they did. I think they did. Hmm. Anyway, I uh, I was playing the. I had Rob Gronkowski. I met Rob. I talked to him for a while. 
I got his his take on Seth Luttrell, which you'll hear in big story number one. I talked to the Army athletic director. I, I tried to see if if the OU game is going to reschedule. You, you heard it, right? Not the most promising thing that we've ever heard from Mike Buddy. And, and then Danny Stutzman posted on Instagram a picture of an empty locker. And the show absolutely went off the rails. Right? And I blame me. This is my fault because I saw it and I was like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll throw this on Twitter and I'll because I like Danny a lot. A lot. So uh, I'll just give him some, some, some kudos here. And as soon as I sent that, immediately my phone blows up. Email blows up. Our Twitter blows up. It's like, I think that's a fake. I don't think that's his locker. I think he's trolling. I don't think that's real. So I'm like, wait, there's a question about this? Well, I don't want to be that guy. I did get confirmation it was his locker, so I don't know why y'all are trying to be detectives about that, but it's, it's, it's his locker. Of all the things I can confirm for you, I can confirm that. And it's interesting because, I mean – I don't think I've ever, and, and I'll, I'll challenge any of the old school beat guys that are listening or even the legends, like Sittler, if you're listening today, help me out on this. I don't think I've ever remembered a player at any school, at any school, I don't think I've ever remembered a player that said, hey, I'm turning pro, or, or let me rephrase that. A report. Because Danny Stutzman hasn't said anything, right, Connor? We haven't heard from him. He has not. Where he comes out and says, hey, I'm on three reports. There was a meeting in Sooner Scoop, give, give, give them their shine on this, that he told Brent Venables he's turning pro. I don't think I've ever seen the reaction like we've had to the Danny Stutzman report, right? The words like, no, no, I will not allow it. That's not happening. <laughs> Until Danny says something. So I uh I think I'm gonna enter that category. I would still I would still caution I, I I'm gonna say this a lot, but if he does turn pro, that's not a bad thing, man. It sucks for Oklahoma's linebacking depth in twenty twenty four, but that's I mean you got three studs ready to roll. So I I just don't want to see backlash because we've all sold ourselves on something. Um, yeah, so Nick writes that the uh, locker room picture on his Instagram is gone. It's in his stories. Story. you got to go look at his stories. It's, yep, it's still it's on still his there. Instagram story. And, and sometimes stories will disappear after 24 hours. Good investigation work. But as a dad who's constantly trying to see what his kids are up to on Instagram, I'm a little bit more hip with the gram than I should be. It's kind of the new thing. You can post a pic, but you can also put something on your story on Instagram. Right. Okay, so here we go. Just to recap, on three, had the report that Danny, Sooner Scoop, that Danny met with Brent Venables and let him know he's turning pro. Brent Venables met with the media Thursday or Friday last week in his Alamo Bowl press conference and basically said, hey, I'm going to let you know Danny make that announcement when the time is right. And Dylan, too, right? And... Then today, the Instagram story picture of the empty locker, and that's where we are right now. <laughs> Welcome to covering college football in 2023. We go to Instagram stories. We now take you live to my Instagram account, 
which is not really loaded with followers, but it's more of a place to where I just basically watch reels all day long when I'm supposed to be doing work. <sighs> By the way, since we're on this, Dylan Gabriel did make it official. He is going to Oregon. So of the Oklahoma Sooners that have entered the portal, Dylan Gabriel becomes the second player that has announced where he's going, at least by my tabulations. Marcus Hicks announced South Dakota State. Dylan Gabriel announcing the Oregon Ducks. Do you think the Liberty thing was legit that was out there last week? Liberty. So um, according to Eli Letterman, the Liberty Flames had the biggest offer oh, out there for NIL for for Dylan Gabriel. I brought it up to uh, EJ Manuel this weekend, who did a lot of did a couple Liberty games this year, and he's like, "I wouldn't doubt it." He's like, "They got a lot of money up there." So, how would that be the case? I'm trying to rub my head around how Liberty would have a lot of money. It's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a great question, but they do, and they invest, man. Their their softball facilities, from what I've been told, their softball facilities facilities are legit. All right, so Danny Gate, Dylan gone. You're ready to go to big story number four. Let's do it. All right, big story number, number four. four. Uh, I'm gonna just run the gamut because we've got OU basketball at two and uh, all of the portal stuff at number one. So before we get to the NFL from yesterday. Around campus this weekend for the University of Oklahoma athletic program, challenging Bedlam duel for OU wrestling. They fall to Oklahoma State 28-9. to But in that, uh, there were some bright spots. Um, and, you know, we had Roger Kish on the show last week. Man, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if Roger Kish is ever going to come on the show for us again after that. This weekend. Right before the best guy. Um, Steven uh, Buchanan pinned Kyle Haas at 197. That was um, the ninth win of the season for Buchanan, who improves to 9-0 and on the season. Uh, and outside of that, it was kind of the it was kind of the the end of the bright spots for Oklahoma on Saturday. Our Sunday, excuse me. Roger Kish said at the end of the day, I don't think we put ourselves in enough scoring opportunities to win that match. Uh, agreed, coach. Agreed. But um, tough one for Oklahoma, right? And great crowd. Kudos to those who were able to get out and support the Sooners. They'll be in action at the Reno Tournament of Champions on Sunday. 18 teams competing in the tournament including Stanford and Arizona State. Uh, keep an eye on Josh Heinzelman, Stephen Buchanan. I'd really like to see Tate Piccolo get rolling. He got shut out, major decision to Brendan Thompson yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm still very excited about this wrestling program. So they had a tough loss and uh, a tough one for the women's basketball team as well. Jenny Baranchek might not come back on this show now too. Dang, man. Both coaches we had on last week suffered tough losses. Now, again, you know, obviously UNLV is a good basketball team. They had a lot that they were playing for, and they, they pulled away from Oklahoma in the second half of that game, winning 92-76. to They outscored the Sooners 21-11 to in the fourth quarter alone. But a, um, a good day for Sahara Williams. She had 15 points. 
Skyler Van had 26 for Oklahoma, but it wasn't enough as OU falls to nine. Uh, I'm sorry, six and three on the season. UNLV is nine and zero now. Yeah, I was about to say they came in undefeated. That yeah, that was a tough matchup for Oklahoma. Dear coaches, I just want to tell you something right now. Patty Gasso comes on this show a lot, and they still win. So I don't think the show's cursed or anything of that nature. You're welcome. Please don't shy away from coming on the program. But if Bronchek and the girls, if they get on a winning streak, they oh, may God. stay away from the show. That's right. Start rolling. You're good. Now after that, if you <laughs> if you win against North Carolina and Charlotte this weekend or next week, they were tough. Uh, that in fact, it's eight days now before OU plays again. They'll play next Tuesday in North Carolina. Was there anything else non football or? Men's hoops related from this weekend that we needed to catch up on. The men's gymnastics team had their inner squad scrimmage. We've got uh, KJ Kinler. I think KJ's coming on the show tomorrow. I think so. But that kind of gets you caught up on everything OU related beyond football and basketball with big story number four. All right, number three. Number three. All right, let's let's get to it. Did you think? Did you think? that the NFL, the officiating crew, screwed up the call near the end of the Bills-Chiefs game? I don't think so. I think it was pretty clear that Tony was offsides. I just don't get why he doesn't ch- check with the you know the referee, give him a thumbs up to make sure you know he's on the ball. But that is start. it feels like that started to get called a lot more this year than it has in the past. So from my understanding and what we learned last night, This was a point of emphasis for officials this last year. And it had only been called four times the entire season. Now, how does something become a point of emphasis, if you're curious? Because coaches grinch and moan about it. And just because it was only called four times didn't mean that it happened many more than four times. Last year. And in other words, people are like, these dudes are lining up off sides and you're not calling it. Call it. It's a penalty, right? These guys watch more tape than we can ever imagine. So whenever you say, they hardly ever call it. Well, yeah, because they were told that you need to start calling this. (laughs) Afterwards, the uh, Chiefs, as you might imagine, were a little bit upset about it. Who do you want to start with here? Here was, and by the way, the Bills won the game 20 to 17. And Kansas City, Kansas City still had plenty of time on the clock. Too. Oh, they did, I mean, yeah. They, they had they had a rough start, then they started to get back in the game. I think that's what it's kind of like the um, it's kind of like as much as the onside kick call against Oregon is frustrating. You know, there were times when you should have just shut them down, right? But I got I got I'm not going back to OU Oregon over. Here was uh, Andy Reid afterwards. I never use any of this as excuses, but normally I get a warning before something like that happens in a big game. A bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. Um, And then there was this from Patrick Mahomes. It's a legendary moment, man. I mean, something that's not taught, something that only a couple people in this world would even think about doing. For him to make that play in that moment, miss, making the catch, making a couple dudes miss, and throwing the ball across the field to another guy and scoring a touchdown in that moment, I hope they still show it whenever whenever he goes into the Hall of Fame because that's that's a legendary moment that uh, we didn't get to didn't get to really uh, witness. But I would say it's kind of par for the course for the Chiefs this year. 
a receiver not doing his job. Exactly. I mean, I I went, you know who I consider to be my moral compass with the Chiefs? I, I just said it's been called 11 times this year, Sooners. Do you people not listen to the show? <laughs> Am, it, are we are we broadcasting right now? Um, I always go to Shep, right? Because Shep is a crazy person. Shep is a crazy person. You know that, Andrew, our spotter, when it comes to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Might need to talk to some people about it. But whenever he's even like, yeah, don't line up off sides. Exactly. <laughs> whenever the, the most ardent, diehard Chiefs fan is like, you're standing off sides. Now, I know that there's going to be people, I, I think the, the latest, hottest thing is, well, Von Miller was off sides too. It's, I have every reason to want to hate and, and, and be anti-Chiefs, but I love them. Because James Winchester is there, Creed Humphrey is there. Guys, I want to see have success. But this is a bad look. I mean, I think this is just a bad look. Chief fans, you can be mad about it all you want. Um, but you had – that was first down, second down, right? You had three more yeah. downs. What are you doing here? Go make plays like you always do. Um, I By the way, this is really good from – and I never jump in on the text during the top five, especially whenever we're running behind. But Sam from Wayne writes, I'd love to make a point on that Chiefs call. When the ref throws the flag, he has no idea what will happen in that play. If they didn't have, if they don't have an incredible play unfold and it's a one yard run, no one is saying a word. Saying, quote, you can't throw that in that situation doesn't consider that he makes the call at the start of the play. Yeah. Well, and what if it was an incomplete pass, too, or like right. you just said, just a one run, a one run yard gain. And then everyone turns to, um, Oh, why did I just uh, – Kadarius Tony, and says, dude, why are you lining up off sides? Stop it. The 405. Oh, you had the same penalty called against Farouk in the Oklahoma State game. You're absolutely right. And when you go back, I remember – I remember. Uh, I think it was a game. It's like, I still don't know where the illegal motion was. And then he went back and watched. He's like, oh, yeah, he was lined up off sides. <laughs> and it wasn't – I mean, it's just – you got to check. Okay. Well, yeah, that's literally your job as a wide receiver, especially late in the game, and if you're working quick offensively, too. So, but one other note from the NFL yesterday. I thought, I thought that it was, um, I thought it was a fun day in the National Football League. Cherish these Sundays. All right, <laughs> we're running low on them. We get a Monday Night Football doubleheader tonight: Titans at the Dolphins, Packers at the Giants. But come on, man, was there a more electric moment? in the National Football League than these two. First, I take you to Vegas. Snap spot. Joseph's right-footed kick is good! And the Minnesota Vikings have taken a 3-0 lead with 157 to go in the game. And then A. O'Connell played like the A. O'Connell that I saw in college and threw an interception on the very next pass to end the game. 3-zip was your final score. What a ball game. I think if I looked at the 506 sports maps correctly, 506sports.com, we'll always tell you what games are going where. I think the Raiders-Vikings game was going to the least amount of people in the country. It's probably good. But as bad as that was, there was also this incredible moment from yesterday. Ethan Evans punting to Tylen Wallace. 
Evans hangs a wobbler. Wallace settles under it at the 25. Gets a block. Comes to the near side. 30. Spins out of one tackle. 35. Along the near sideline. 40. He's at midfield. Wallace to the 40. Still on his feet. 30. 20. 10. Celebration time. No flags. Wallace in the end zone. Hayes in the barn. And the Ravens win it in overtime. Do you know how many... uh... NFL touchdowns Tylen Wallace has had in his career now? I'll answer it for you. One. I was about to say, yeah, he doesn't have many. I didn't do, know if that was his first one. Do or. you know how many catches Tylen Wallace had this year before that? None. Zero. Wow. Targets, zero. There were no stats on Tylen Wallace until Devin Duvernay got hurt and he came in to return that punt in overtime to beat the Los Angeles. I was about to say, he wasn't even supposed to be in that spot if it wasn't for that injury. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Anything else from the NFL that caught your eye? Oh, gosh. Dallas last Dallas. night. Oh, my goodness. Do we start? Okay. We have to have an NFL conversation after the bottom of the hour. We have to. So, let's, let's go ahead and get to big story number two. Number two. OU basketball. Now, the AP poll is going to be released later on this afternoon. Um, coach's poll, I think, is either later this afternoon or later in the week. We expect Oklahoma to move up, as we said moments ago. Andy Katz, who does uh, his own top 25 for uh, – he calls it his Power 36 for NCAA.com. He has the Sooners at number nine. Yes, the Sooners are playing like a top 10 team right now. They're undefeated after a strong week and lays out the wins. So he's got them at nine. C.J. Moore has his top 25 for the Athletic. He's got Oklahoma up to number 11. CBS Sports has him up to number 11 as well. To say the train is headed in the right direction would be a dramatic understatement. And look what's coming up next. After a 79-70 win over Arkansas in which Eric Musselman got tossed again in an OU-Arkansas game, which, by the way, I don't think he and Porter Moser like each other that, that much, the Sooners have another opportunity to make some noise coming up a week from Wednesday against North Carolina in Charlotte. But before then, we'll all get out to the LNC this Saturday night, 8 p.m. Is that right? 8 p.m. Well, it says, yep, 8 p.m. on Saturday. Against Green Bay. So, Sooners undefeated, 9-0. They, they've got Green Bay on Tuesday and... North Carolina a week from Wednesday. But, man, that North Carolina game, that's got a chance to be a top-ten matchup if OU keeps climbing. That's going to be pretty exciting. Who, who would have thought we'd have that? That's awesome. Which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So, over the weekend, the Sooners added another name from the transfer portal after the addition of Spencer Brown last week. The Oklahoma football team added Des Malone. He is a defensive back with two years of eligibility left, 33 starts. Oh, thanks, dude. That was awesome. 33 career starts, uh, 80, or I'm sorry, 33 career games, 23 starts, uh, 89 career tackles, one sack, four picks during his career, moved from safety to corner this season, bigger body guy, six foot two, 180. So you add another corner. Meanwhile, uh, as far as guys going the other direction, we talked about it earlier. Um, Dylan Gabriel on his way to Oregon. When we come back, Billy Bowman announced his return as well. Two more players turning pro, Andrew Rame and Tyler Guyton. Um, 
Oklahoma's going to have an open practice session tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, so we'll have an idea of like who's in and who's out, who the who the media sees practicing and who they don't. Brent Venables is going to meet with the media on Friday. Players are going to talk tomorrow. So we'll get a little bit more kind of perspective on who's in and who's out for the bowl game tomorrow. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen until 1230. <laughs> so it'll happen right after we're done here on the program. In the meantime, it's 1127. We're way late as we have been in this first segment all day long. When we come back, more on the National Football League. It's the wrap. I'm not gonna. Whoa! I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. I was a little bit surprised by the uh, reaction on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I thought that there would be more upset Chief fans. My gauges for Chiefs anger, like I said, Andrew Shepard, Josh. Though Josh has become so chill since they've gone to the Super Bowl and won two of the last three Super Bowls, it's kind of like, ah, I'll worry about that in the playoffs. He's like me as a Dodger fan, only I don't have as many titles. Like, Shohei signed with the Dodgers this week, and I'm like, ah, that's great. Well, and Josh doesn't really show his anger much. Uh, Well, ever since their first loss in the Super Bowl, that was not a very fun show. Um, I think that he would own that. And Joey, Joey Joey was pretty hot last night about it. But I'm, I'm... I'm confident – I'm not confident. What's the word I'm trying to come up with? Intrigued. Intrigued by how well everyone has taken it. Because if you think about it now, the Chiefs have a – I don't want to say an out, but an, even though – and they've only got a one-game lead over the Broncos right now. You realize that? The Broncos have been playing good. The Broncos, and they smoked the Chargers yesterday. Justin Herbert got hurt. By the way, your Thursday night football matchup is big time. Easton Stick and the Chargers versus Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders. (laughs) Two teams that got annihilated. Well, the Raiders didn't get annihilated, but one team did. The Chargers got annihilated by the Broncos. But I, I, I just, I feel like I've seen this movie before. I feel like I've seen it even when the Chiefs struggle. It's like, I know what's going to happen. But here's, here's a few of them from the 918. The team that gets more calls than any team in the NFL is whining about an NFL obliv- uh, obvious penalty. Um, yeah, it's kind of like Yeah, that. the Chiefs did ha- have some calls usually go their sure. way. Sure, I mean, and that's that happens. KC is uh, from Nick. KC's a little upset about it. Nah, they're a lot upset about it, and they're still whining about it as we speak. And Brittany Mahomes. Yeah, did you see what Brittany Mahomes put on uh, Instagram? MVP. She, like, took a video of the referee. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> was it a cool moment? Absolutely. What a what a heads up play. But the flag was thrown before the play even happened. Real yeah. quick, just because I don't want to dwell on this too much. Uh, if a defender was lined, this is from Jesse G. Very smart man. If a defender was lined up in the neutral zone, it would have been called, and no one would have bleaked. He lined up offsides. It was a good call. Patrick Mahomes' reaction is cringe. Um, Beta, uh, Loka, Ohio. Betta Stefan Diggs lined up offsides and they didn't call it. Pat would be doing the same thing. Um, for the 918 on the KC game, play the game to where the Zebras can't determine the outcome. Nuff said Ernie and Tulsa. For the 405, first thing I said when the KC offense went to the line of scrimmage, like, hey, that dude's offsides. Well, it was, it was pretty obvious on TV. Like, he wasn't – like, Tony wasn't even close, dude. He was way above the ball. But here's the other thing. If you want more on this, I, every time I've looked up, we've got a get-up replay right now on one of our TVs. We got uh, P- 
Pat Pat Mahomes, Pat McAfee on the other. We had first take. That's all they're talking about. So let's get back to what we do. Uh, it's past the bottom of the hour. It's the Plank Show with Josh uh, on vacation. That's Connor Pasby. Here is our update on portal targets for the Sooners. Just real quick, because we've talked about the two commits they added. Des Malone, Dejon Malone, the cornerback slash safety out of San Diego State, and right tackle Spencer Brown out of Michigan State. Here's a few other names that we've been keeping an eye on. Now, one name came off the board, and I don't know if this was – did I fall for something that the big tight end from Arizona State is off the board because he committed to uh, Texas Tech, Jalen Conyers? I believe he commi- – I thought I saw where he committed – to Texas Tech yesterday, but yeah, he did. Okay, Oklahoma is still in on other tight ends, and we'll get to that in a bit. I just, I've, I've got this in alphabetical order, and I'll screw it up if I don't. Mario Anderson tweeted today that his decision includes the Sooners. I think he said he was down to like his final five: USC and Memphis. Oh, the other two. Final three. Thank you. Ooh, we're going up against USC for this dude. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, 33 starts, 4,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, has one – well, you know what, I'm not even going to talk about how many years of, of, of eligibility that they have left because we all end up fighting about it. Transferred from the University of South Carolina, very much on the Sooner target. Wide receiver Dion Burks has tweeted that he has an offer from Oklahoma. Nearly 1,000 yards last year, seven touchdowns. Veteran wide receiver Dion Burks. Uh, and by the way, I'm just going to make this very clear. I'm going to screw up and probably miss a few people. But Dion Burks and Mario Anderson were the first two new offers that I saw this weekend. Burks is out of Purdue. Um, Sam Franklin, he's the running back out of Tennessee Martin. Franklin, uh, 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns in his 24 career games. He has two years left. I wonder if this is a Franklin or Burks, whoever commits first, or I wonder if they're going to bring them both in. I don't know. Um, But those are two running backs. Uh, Chris McClellan, Owasso product at Florida last year and the year before that, um, three and a half tackles for loss. Two sacks, fumble recovery, has two years remaining, plus a potential uh, potential redshirt. Name that picked up a lot of steam. We're going through what we know of as Sooner offers in the transfer portal. Andrew Makuba, uh, Makuba, excuse me, Andrew Makuba. He's a cornerback out of Clemson, six foot one eighty five, by way of Austin. Brent Venables recruited him to Clemson, and uh, was a three year starter. Has one year of eligibility left. Um, Fabecci, and I think we we determined based on the pronunciation guide, Woo Woo is how you say it, N-W-A-I-W-U, Woo Woo, an offensive lineman out of Coppell, Texas, looks like an interior guy, two years remaining of eligibility, 6'3", 310 pounds. This was a new one for me. I hadn't heard Bauer Sharp, the tight end out of Dothan, Alabama. And I honestly, I, I, I wasn't too familiar with him either. But he was at Southeast Louisiana, 6'5", 245 pounds. I mean, you had the guy who played the most at, at, at tight end graduate, right, and move on in Austin Stogner. You have Devon Mitchell coming in. 
You've got a healthy Cade McIntyre, right? Um, and I don't, I don't really know on the depth beyond that. And Wellen's gone. I hope Caden Helms can get healthy because I think he's going to be a, a rock star. But Bauer Sharp and Holden Stays, S-T-A-E-S, are, are the other tight end uh, prospects that Oklahoma has looked at in the transfer portal. Stays, I, he's the Notre Dame kid and actually played basketball as a freshman. But started nine games, six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. And then the other offensive lineman out of Michigan State that Oklahoma has talked about is Gino Vandemark. Gino Vandemark, interior guy. It appears six foot five, two hundred ninety-five pounds. So with what one, two, with two offensive linemen, I, I, I guess you could include Marcus Hicks in that. Three offensive linemen in the portal. Maybe there's an opportunity. They were in on Pooh Paul Jr., Chris Paul, but he uh, he decided to commit uh, to Ole Miss over the weekend. So there you go. I think that updates a majority of the targets whose names are out there that we know they're interested in. All right, we're really late. Text or next on the ref. Oh, thank you. This is from the – oh, we're really late. I, I, I'm going to try to get caught up. This is from the 503. I was talking about my – from. Ooh, ooh, Uve. I'm officially making that your name, sir. More trouble. I was talking about people lining up to board when you have assigned seats. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And standing around hovering, well, I'm in group two. I'm like, sit down. I'm in group one. Get out of my way. I'm trying to get on the plane. Why are you standing here? Um, more troubling than boarding lines at airports is the people behind you who rush forward as soon as your plane lands to wait a couple of rows in front of you. Adults can be such children sometimes. We had, when we landed, we were, I, I wasn't delayed on a single flight this weekend. There was no delays. I love airport delays. <laughs> I'm that weirdo. I'm like, I'm delayed a little bit. Let's go. I'm fine. I'll walk around the airport a little bit. But there was a lady in the back of the plane who had to catch a flight to uh, London, right? And it was, the, and she was kind of close because you had to go all the way across. Well, like, of course, as soon as it you land, there's two dudes that just have to stand up right away, right? And the 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 steward, well, that's not the proper nomenclature. The flight attendant was like, um, "We have uh, two passengers. Where can you guys raise your hands? The two passengers. <laughs> all right, uh, these two passengers right here, they need to get." through uh, because they are they are catching a flight and they are running late and so this one poor lady was literally in the back seat and as she was coming down to go through one of the old men that had stood up wouldn't let her pass him oh my god and then just proceeded connor when she walked by just to walk out right behind her and he wasn't because there was another lady behind her. I'm like, what are we doing here, man? People literally have no patience when the plane hey, lands. It I'm drives tell you me right insane. Now, nothing makes me uh, – I want to get off a plane as fast as anybody, okay? But there, there's rules. This isn't nah. Cooperate. Okay? By the way, I also watched on the flight back, Drop Dead Gorgeous. There is a reference that will go viral in 2024 because in that movie – they're doing their talent for the for the pageant, and one of the girls goes, "The year is 2024." 
And I can just see that being everywhere on TikTok uh, this 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 off or this summer. All right, to the text line. 405-651-3439, brought to you by Knippel Myers Chevrolet. Uh, Curtis B., guys, I was at the BOK Center, and it was awesome on Saturday. I thought it was cool you being at the Army-Navy game. I have to root for both because I have family members in both branches. But for me, I've got to say, Sooners have a men's basketball team. Our backcourt may be one of the best backcourts in the country. Boomer. Thanks, yeah, Chris. we haven't really mentioned McCollum on the show, dude. McCollum is probably – I know we haven't started Big 12 play yet, but, dude, he's already up there with uh, some of the best guards in the country. I've heard a voice in the background this entire show. I think one of these TVs had its volume up in here. I'm like, what is that? I keep hearing talking. Um, my bad. If at any point writes the 405, an OU fan gets mad at Danny Stutzman, they can kick rocks. Dude bleeds crimson and cream without a doubt, and he's just trying to make the best decision for himself. I can tell you this. I I know that he told many around OU that he was leaving. And I don't know, I can't confirm anything with Brent Venables. I haven't talked to Coach V, but the people that have told me he has aren't people that just make stuff up and throw it off the wall to see if it sticks. Um Vinnie Paul writes, it's beyond wild to me that everyone is trying to decipher Danny freaking Stutzman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the 512 writes, I really don't think Brent would allow him to troll the fan base regarding his departure. Guys, Brent doesn't care. He does not know. He's Brent Venables is on three things right now, right? He's on preparing his team for a bowl game. He's on solidifying his recruiting class with signing day in, what, nine days? And he's on showing up things from the portal. He couldn't care. As long as he's not breaking rules or embarrassing anyone, they don't care if he's trolling anyone in the portal. Let him have his fun. Oklahoma Johnny right? don't you think at some point BV tells Danny, man, this has been rolling for a while now without you making any statement. Can you put this thing to bed for fans if you've made your decision? If you're still trying to sort the decision out, then take your time you need. But, man, if this decision is made, put it out there for the fans. Again, I don't I don't think that Brent just – Brent knows. I think he knows. So, as he said on Friday of last week or Thursday, whenever that presser was, I'll let him make his decision when he, you know, when he wants to let you know. I don't think he does not care about Danny having fun with yeah, the fan base I, at all. And, and I appreciate those that are like, but come on, man. It's like, well, you know, let, let him take some time to make his decision. Um, from the nine one from nine one eight Nate nine one eight Nate back with authority. By the way that Stutz was talking on the podcast on the Prairie, he's coming back unless he got his draft grade after the pod dropped. I have yet to hear that. I, we, you know we, what? We, got, we mentioned it. I think it was uh, later last week, maybe Friday. But, yeah, I haven't gone back and got to see what he said. I'm going to uh, – in fact, I'm going to go listen to it today. That's not that's not one of those that I spend too terribly much time on because they do a pretty good job of making sure that the uh, cuts are out there. And then um, one more from 5808. Can the Chiefs just admit they need a wide receiver one? They need some wide receiver help. That's been, that's been a problem all season long. Final thoughts. When we come back right here on the ref, stick around. It's a plank show. Bye.
All right, Primrose Funeral Services brings you our final thoughts. 80 years of service, sincere commitment is to make things a little easier for you and your family. Primrose, 405-321-6000 or primrosefuneralservices.com. A lot of really good texts that were uh, rolling in earlier that I'm going to catch up on here. The 405 writes, I haven't heard anything on Justin Harrington in quite a while. Did he apply for a medical hardship? Or any, a hardship? <laughs> look, look out. Did he apply for a medical hardship or anything to get another year? Um, yes. Yes, and it was it was my understanding that that process had taken place very early. Like as soon as he got hurt, that process had started. Uh, Squirrel, what's the word on Desan McCullough? We heard so much and saw flashes of a solid player, and now? Well, I think that – I think that a lot of it is he was thrown in as a first-year guy to a position that he had never played before, and there was a lot on his plate. I expect him to be a big-time playmaker next year. Squirrel, I think that even though he had played a year of college football, there was still a lot for him to learn. Tyler from Kellyville, keeping the Woody Washington hope alive. Keep in mind, Woody didn't partake in Senior Day activity, so maybe he'll come back. I thought he did, Tyler. But I, I double-checked. I asked a few people if they could send a list of who all went through senior day. So we'll have that for you tomorrow. One show down on a busy week of Sooner Talk. Have a great rest of your Monday. For Connor on Plank, Steel Man and Thune at noon or next.